You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Working Like Dogs is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code WORK10, W-O-R-K, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are so excited to have as our guest today, award-winning Today Show correspondent, best-selling author and animal advocate, Jill Rappaport. It's hard to believe, but Jill has been on the Today Show for 20 years. Oh, you're the- aging me. Yes, yes, howling. Well, I'm aging myself because I've been watching you all those 20 years, Jill. Oh, okay. Can you imagine if that was in dog years? I'd be on Willard's birthday list. <laughs> I just love that. I love that you've been on that long because it's just so awesome to see you and to learn all the things that you share with all of the viewers. Oh, you're so sweet. It's actually coming up on my 20th year anniversary. And if you remember, I started out on the red carpet in my first 17 years, Marcy, we're on the red carpet, and as I tell everybody now, I am so thrilled to have gone from the red carpet to the wee-wee pad. It's uh, oh, again, oh. my new venue, and um, I really, this is where my heart lies. And don't get me wrong, I, I had the most incredible, wonderful time interviewing celebrities and going, you know, every year to the Oscars and to the Golden Globes and the Emmys, and I, in my career, had, you know, sit-down interviews with everyone from Audrey Hepburn to Lucille Ball and having dinner with Frank Sinatra and, you know, and to all the Friends cast. I mean, I really have run the gamut, and, you know, Paul Newman, Robert Redford, so I feel quite blessed to have done that, but my heart lies with our fur angels, and now I'm able to help them in a way that I just feel so blessed to be able to do so. Well, tell our listeners, Jill, how did you transition from being the red carpet woman to to focusing on animals? Well, you know, it's really um, an interesting story, and it was a very sad one at first, but I truly believe, they say that through your darkest tunnel comes your brightest light, and one of my definite darkest tunnels was the day my beloved dog, Jack, my German Shepherd Jack, who I rescued and found as a puppy, uh, when he was 11 years old, uh, he was diagnosed with bone cancer, osteosarcoma, which, as you know, is just beyond devastating for a, the owner, the pet. And I just literally it took my breath away because you basically get two options. It's either, you know, put your dog down or amputate his leg. And I tried everything at first. We tried homeopathic and herbs and you know and with cancer you have to be so careful because you're racing against the clock obviously uh the good news for jack an older animal cancer grows slower thank god than if if you were four years old but i could see the tumor you know i could see this lump in his leg growing and i'll never forget when he came in one day in august and he was limping and i thought oh he's just a little sore you know he's getting a little arthritis and you know and i thought that was normal but then when i saw a little lump in the front leg up a little higher 
it took my breath away. And I consulted everybody. I called in Colorado. They have the specialists, you know, for limb sparing. I was going to do anything I could. But the problem was that his tumor was up a little higher. If it was right in the ankle, right in the foot part, they could do it. But when it's up higher, they cannot do limb sparing. So he wasn't a candidate for that. And as I mentioned, I tried the homeopathic. And while he was having one treatment, he literally must have jumped out of his cage while they were, you know, getting him ready for the treatment, and he fractured his leg. It was called a pathological fracture. And I had only left him for 15 minutes to go down the road and get a Diet Coke, and and I came back, and they said, you won't believe this. We think he fractured his leg. At that point, you're really faced with the option of putting him to sleep or amputating his leg. And for me... I was so lucky that the, one of the top oncologists in the country, Dr. Gerald Post, literally was right down the road. And I had traveled two hours to the specialist, and this oncologist, ironically, was right down the road. And Jerry Post, and we went to him, and he was so incredible because he looked at Jack and he said, I have to tell you, this dog has so much more life in him. Oh. And if it were my dog, you know, I would amputate his leg. And I had been there before, Mercy. I had another dog. I went through this. And it turned out not to be osteosarcoma. And we had amputated his leg based on the vet's <sighs> advice. And it was a metastasized cancer. And he had only lived a month. And it was a horrendous death. And I said, you know what? That was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And I said, I will never, ever put a dog through that again. So I really was at the worst crossroads of my life because I wasn't going to put my beloved Jack to sleep. Yeah. So what happened, it was really terrible. So I, I said, I'm going to take every measure to ensure that if it is just in the leg, then I'll make my decision. But if there's cancer anywhere else, I'm just going to let, let him live out his life. So I took him back to New York. We went to a specialist, and we had what's called a bone scan where it's very non-invasive. They just literally light up the body, you know, with, with a fluid, like um, it's a purple fluid. They become radioactive. You're not supposed to be with them for, you know, a day and a half after, I believe, or two days. But they can literally light up his whole body and see if the cancer had spread anywhere. And fortunately, it hadn't. It was contained to the leg. He was really in great shape because if he had really bad arthritis or didn't have good hips, I wouldn't have taken his leg. You know, you have to really evaluate your dog and make sure oh, yeah. you're talking to an 11-year-old shepherd. He was a yeah. slight shepherd, very small, which was good because if he was a very big, broad dog and it's a front leg and the front weight is 60% bearing as opposed to the back legs, which are 40%. So I had to weigh all these options. He was a perfect candidate. And I obviously, you know, we had no choice. So I went forward with the surgery Fortunately, I was in a wonderful place that lets you sleep with your dog. Literally, they have a little room, and you can stay the minute your dog comes out of anesthesia. And Jack had some trouble coming out of the anesthesia. They had to bring me in the room because he was older. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. It was a little rough for him. But at the minute he opened his eyes, I was there. And it just shows you, Marcy, how amazing animals are. This dog, 11, actually was almost 11 and a half on three legs, he, they wanted him to stay there for at least two days. And two days seems like nothing when you consider he lost a limb. And at first, they thought he would do so well because he was holding one leg up in the air anyway because of the pain from the fracture. But obviously, when they take the leg and the shoulder, they have to learn to balance their body. And at first, he wasn't standing up, and I was freaking out. But I helped him with a harness, and in like an hour, he was hopping around. Well, would you believe the next day... 
he pulled me out the door, and I said to the vet, I'm going home with him. And he said, nope, it's too early. I said, no, this dog is telling me what he wants. Yep. He wants to go home to his farm and be with his other brothers and sisters, and he wants to see the horses, and he wants to get back to being normal. And I let Jack dictate what he wanted. And we brought him home, and... Um, you know, he did really, really well. I mean, he, you know, lived two years. He lived till 13 and a half years old on two, on three legs. And he was, at one point, he was trying to, there was a, he had a scent of a deer. And I, he ran two miles. I had to follow him down to the pond. And he was so exhausted that I literally had to carry him back up to, the, to our house. He was, and I said, bless his heart. If he wants to chase and run and play and you know i just wanted him to have the best quality of life for as long as he could and you know fortunately this was the right decision for him he lived out his life you know i always used to say i just wanted to live out his life and that would be the, the best blessing but you know when they go it's never the right time you know no. that it's never the oh, right time I know. I know and 13 and a half years i wanted 13 more of course and, um but what he did to make a long story short and i'm so sorry <laughs> But his story, he showed me, getting back to my darkest tunnel, you know, the brightest light was that, A, Jack showed me how to live my life. That, you yeah. know, this dog did not let the loss of a limb stand in the way of living the most wonderful life right until his last breath. His lesson was left an indelible mark on me. And he also made me realize what I wanted to do with my life in terms of my career. And from that day, I changed my life, and I went to my boss. We had documented Jack's treatment on the Today Show. He was on the show several times, and every time he was on, we were inundated with emails, and I said to my boss, this is really where my heart lies. This is really what I want to do. And Jack became the ambassador dog of hope for animal cancer. We, I wrote a book about him, Jack and Jill, a miracle yes. dog with a happy tale to tell. T -A -L. I love that book, yes. I know, and it teaches children about, you know, loss and, and the cancer. And, you know, I went to a little school to talk about the book, and they said, where's Jack? And I said, well, Jack is up in heaven now, because, you know, I, I, I didn't know how to tell them, because we never talk about the loss in the book, and right. I said, well, where's, where, what happened to Jack's leg, and I said, well, Jack's leg now has joined him in heaven, yeah. you know, because the kids want to know, and believe it, they can handle it, children can handle it, and the way we told the story in the book was so beautiful and sensitive, and children just love this book, because yeah. it shows how Jack on three legs is so happy. You know, playing with his bone, he held the bone with one paw, and he would balance it in his cheek, and he yeah. would play with the horses <laughs> and lay on the grass, and I think the message is so important, and he changed my whole life, and when he died, Oprah sent me a letter saying that she will keep Jack's memory in her heart forever. I mean, he really touched so many people, and he saved so many lives, Marcy, because oh. people realized through Jack that a devastating diagnosis is not always a death sentence. And yeah. your animal will tell you when it's time and what's right. And you need to listen to your animal and you need to do what's best for them, providing yeah. you can provide the care for them because it's a very costly situation. We don't want to make light of that. I mean, I would have, you know, sold anything to pay for anything for Jack. I mean, you know, I don't have children. My animals are my children. So... I would have done anything for any, and I still would for any of my animals, but, you know, people, you have to consider that when an animal gets sick, how costly it is, and you, 
there's so many things to take into account, but Jack was my role model, my inspiration, my guide dog in every respect, and, and he changed my life. So That's it really so was, beautiful. like I said, the brightest tunnel at the end, the brightest light at the end of my darkest tunnel. I'm just so amazed at how much animals can teach us. They teach us how to live, but they also teach us how to let go of life. And that that's okay, and that's just so amazing, and it's such a struggle, but it is it's such a such, gift. Oh, it's so difficult, and it's so painful, but you know, it's like, they don't want you to see them sick either. It's like, they know, and they don't want you to see them sick, and they they, they hide from you when, when they're not feeling well, because they don't want their owner, who they love so much, to feel sad. And I have one yeah. dog, my yellow lab, who I, I call him my Woody Allen. You know, he, he's so f- a funny warrior, you know, and when, if ever I'm crying, he's like, oh, oh, mom, don't cry, don't cry. And he jumps on, on the chair and he's licking my face and licking my face. And sometimes if my computer doesn't work right or something doesn't go right, and I, oh, like that, or I slam, you know, my hand down, like, oh, he jumps up like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? Yeah. Like he worries for me so much. He's looking at me right now because my voice is elevated, like, oh, is mom okay? And then I have my little sweet pea, who's a coon hound. You know, they're all rescues. And she, like, lies in my throat with her head in my neck, and all the dogs come near me, and she'll, like, give a little grrr, because she wants no, no doesn't want anybody near mommy. And she's my mommy protector. Buck is my worry wart. And then I have my 120-pound American bulldog, who was left tied to a tree oh. in Brooklyn and brought to the Harlem Kill Shelter. And he is like Mr. Easygoing, just wakes me up with a big <laughs> kiss across my face in the morning. His head's the size of a basketball. And then we have our little Havanese, who's 11 pounds, and he's terrified of her. She rules the roost. The women Oh, the of course. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm about to take in a nine-year-old German shepherd with my oh. name, named Jilly. She was given up with a story I've done called Recession Pets. Her owner had to give her and her sister up. Can you imagine a nine-year-old German shepherd being without a house? One day having a home and the next day gone. Mm. So I I just, and everyone said, you're crazy. She's nine. How much more could she live? I said, you know what? Jack lived till 13 and a half, and he had cancer and a heart condition. I said, with a lot of love, you know, I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll get her. I had one dog live till 20. I said, but just because she's older doesn't mean she doesn't deserve a home. That's right. That's the problem. These older animals and these big animals, no one will give them a home. I know. I know. We just adopted an older cat, and it was the same thing because everybody wants the cute little kittens and puppies. They don't want the older ones, and And we're so happy with him. Yeah. They yeah. don't understand that the older ones, they need, you know, oh, they, need it. they not have the most wonderful life right to, until their last breath. And it just, this is my mission. I drive around. I have leashes in the back of my car. I rescue dogs. <laughs> I, but I try to take the dogs, you know, that, that, you know, nobody wants because, and those are the most special, by the way. They know when mm-hmm. you've saved them. They mm-hmm. know. All the rescues yeah, know they when do. you've saved them. but. They know that you've taken them just in the brink of time, and they thank you every day in a way that you just can't even put into words. Right, Marcy? You can't. You can't. I mean, it's so hard to articulate it. I can never put into words what my service dogs do for me every day and the bond that we have. It's just so hard to articulate that. We're one. We're one. (laughs) Well, and I did a wonderful story on a woman. Um, She has MS, and her German Shepherd, Dakota, has saved her life now three times. Uh, She's passed out, and he will literally jump on her wrist and press the band that she wears that, you know, Mm -hmm. connects to the police. And that dog is unbelievable. And right now, 
the dog is not feeling well and the dog is having issues and we're trying to raise money because can you imagine the dog's only four, a German Shepherd, and without that mm. dog, this woman won't survive. And this yeah. was an abused dog that was left in a crate. And here oh. this dog that was abused is so filled with love and has saved this woman. She rescued this dog and now this dog has rescued her. And you see these stories every day. We did see the story two weeks ago. I went to Pennsylvania, pit bulls for the blind. Uh, you, I you know, saw that, yeah. Well, well, actually, I think you might have seen, because that, that's airing in September. I just shot this one. You saw Walter, uh, Please Save Walter, which was an abused pit bull puppy who was thrown from a car, mm-hmm. left for death, all his fur was singed off, and a young artist in Brooklyn rescued him, and he didn't have the thousands of dollars it would take to, to fix this poor dog, and they blogged it. They put a little blog up pl- called Please Save Walter, they got responses and money from all over the world, as far away as Australia, mm-hmm. Germany, Japan. Not only did they save Walter with all the funds, he's a bouncing, gorgeous, beautiful puppy again. It was only in three months they saved his life, but they have thousands left over to set up a fund for people who can't afford oh, it. So you realize people will reach into their pockets, they open their hearts, their wallets for these animals. And you know what? We have to. They are. We are their voices. Oh. They cannot. And that's what I tell themselves. people. Just anything will help. Any because people say, "Oh, I only could donate, you know, a little bit." But every little Everybody bit adds a up. Little. Tell us more about the woman and her German Shepherd. Is do you know how? If our listeners want to contribute to support, oh, that would be so great. Her name is Frances. Um, and she's very proud, and her the vet, uh, who's my vet, Dawn Stelling, in um, and, uh, the most wonderful place. Uh, and I can, should I give you the phone number? Because they can... Sure, that'd be great. Yeah, it's in Southampton, New York, and um, it, it's a wonderful... Dawn Stelling is her vet, and she had to ask Frances permission to reach out to me, because Frances is a very proud woman who never would want pity or charity, but the dog's bills are mounting up, and... This dog is her survival. And so she reached out to me and I said we should do a fundraiser. But it's, um, it's called Old Town Veterinary Clinic in Southampton, New York. And it's um, 631-283-0611. And I'll have to let Dawn know that I did this. But if you, they would ask for Dawn Stelling and if they wanted to donate money to Dakota, who's the German Shepherd um, that takes care of Francis, the woman with MS. Um, I'm sure Dawn can set up a little fund and put it towards, because Dawn is a vet, literally is donating all of her time to help the dog. She's not charging Francis anything, but then the dog had to go to specialists. Right. And, um, and the I'm sure medication first. and all of those other things, yeah, testing. Yeah, so and they can really look up expensive. the story on, if they go to the todayshow.com website, the pet section, Scroll mm-hmm. down the front page of the pet section, and the far right, you'll see Jill Rappaport. You click that on, and there's a big picture comes up of me with my German Shepherd Jack, and all my stories for the last two years are in there. And you can find, it aired last Christmas, we made it a Christmas story, Dakota and Fran, and they can watch the story and see how amazing this dog is and what this dog has meant to this woman's life. Oh, that's because awesome. They, if they watch the story, you know, and like I said, anything can help. Any donation, anything, because, you know, she's, <laughs> this dog has to stay alive to keep her alive. And the two yeah. of them are, are packed for life. 
Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So that's, that's really a wonderful thing. If your your listeners would love to help, that would be just wonderful. Yeah. Well, I know Whistle and I would love to do that. So yeah, that's amazing. Oh, well, and, Whistle! I love I that name. <laughs> oh. We're so excited to be talking with Jill Rappaport today on Working Like Dogs, and we're going to take just a few minutes and hear some important messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back for more with Jill Rappaport. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Working Like Dogs is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash work, W-O-R-K, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And Whistle and I are so excited to be visiting with Jill Rappaport today. Tell us about your Bow to Wow series about shelter dogs. Right. Well, I started that because, um, you know, and when Jack passed at that point, I had five dogs, soon to have five again. And being that all my dogs, well, Jack was found on the street. He, was, he came to me. He found my home when he was a six-week-old puppy. He wandered up, and <laughs> so he, it was like meant to be from the stars above. But all my other dogs, you know, were in you know, kill shelters, and really uh, uh, two of them had a day to live, uh, Petey and Sweet Pea, because they had been there 30 days. Sweet Pea, who is just like the most soulful human, 
Um, you know, she was a very, very badly abused and had a little broken tail and a horrible abuse story. And mm. so she was in the back of a cage, and she's a bigger dog. She weighs 85 pounds. And so, you know, because, and she was only two then, but because she was abused in the back of a cage and very timid, nobody was going to take her. You know how people are. They want the wagging cute jumping oh, up on the cage. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. Off. I saw her, and she reminded me of my... Um, my pointer uh, and, and my like beagle mix Hampton who lived till 20 and I thought I said it's a sign I've got it and I, it was so weird Marcy because I you know it's an hour away to shelter I never ever been into that shelter in my life and I was trying to convince some friends of mine to adopt a dog and I said let's go to this Brookhaven and um, <laughs> it's a tough shelter you know mostly pit bulls it's um you know it's a very tough shelter I never have been there before and there was Sweet Pea. It's like, what were the chances I would find this dog? And she was on day 29 and day 30, they were going to euthanize her. And I said, I have to have this dog. This is my yep. dog. And she just bonded with me. And they put her in a foster because, um, you know, she was too sick to be spayed. So they put her in a foster for a week to make sure she was safe enough. And, and the foster called me and said, boy, I never would have known because I walked by that cage every day and I thought she'd be tough and mean because she was so withdrawn. She mm. said, this is an angel, this dog. And oh. you know what? To this day, this dog is she's terribly fearful of men because she was abused by a man. Whenever a man comes in the house, she'll circle around and kind of whimper and like she won't go near him and she'll run up and run away. But she is, I, oh my God, I just can't even put into words what that dog is. I mean, she really knows I saved her life, and she's been with me now seven years, and she's so attached to me, it's, it's scary. I mean, like, when I leave, I have to hide the suitcase, I've got to like, hide my purse. I don't even say goodbye to her, because I make it like I'm literally just going, you know, to the grocery store when I have to go to the city. But yeah. They all have such special personalities, and yet Petey, who really had a tough time, he was left the one left tied to a tree, and then in the Harlem shelter, he's very well adjusted. He doesn't seem to have, and he was even a year older. He was two when I got him, but he's a huge dog, beautiful dog. He's been on the Today Show so many times. He has a whole fan club, Petey, <laughs> because he, he's just hysterical. No dog looks like Petey. But he seems to have weathered the scars of the abandonment and abuse. He, he doesn't seem to carry it on his shoulder the way she does. Buckaroo, my yellow lab, was at Bidewee, which is a, not a kill shelter. It's a lovely, and he was only there a day. And his story was really pretty sweet. The, um, he was owned by a young landscaper who uh, didn't have time and bought him as a puppy. Buck is a very needy lab, very, like I said, I call him my Woody Allen dog. He kind of, you know, a slightly hypochondriac, you know what I mean? He's very funny, Buckaroo, yeah. with all due respect to Woody Allen. I should say Woody Allen in, in film, not in person. Right, you know how right. Woody Allen in film is always, oh, my God. I, got I know. What was me? That's yeah. How uh -huh. That's how Buck acts, a little neurotic. So. You know, I got, but by the way, he was given up by a man who truly adored him and didn't have time for him because he's a needy dog. He knew that he had to find a better home. And he, they said when he dropped him off, he was crying hysterically, this young boy. And, mm. you know, they never tell him where the dogs go. He should only know that he ended up, you know, on a horse farm, 18 acres. He's like, he has the best life. Yeah. And I got, I've had him now seven years. And, oh. um, yeah, they're both. All my dogs are so special. I mean, all four. And then if this Jilly works out, we're going to test her with all the dogs next week. Um, you know, that's the recession dog. So yeah. I just feel like each one has a story. Each one has a past that hopefully 
all the beautiful memories and love have erased over, um, I think some of it always stays with them. Like in yeah. sweeping, I just think that their introduction to life, what whatever it was, it's it's kind of always there. And mm-hmm. then as the love and the memories, you know, fade, you know, for them, the bad memories that love takes over. But I do think that's always part of who they are, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, hope that you can give them so much love that they never remember those terrible times. But animals don't forget. And, they, you know, that's the sad part. And, yeah. and the other saddest thing, and they've done it, they've done studies, I wouldn't know because uh, I'm you know, all I do is give unconditional love, but they say that the, the abused dogs will go back to the abuser time and time again and just hope for love and be wagging their tail because they just want the abuser to be nice to them. Does that not yeah. break your heart? Oh, gosh, yeah. But I believe oh. that. They're so loyal and amazing, and they'll take that abuse and not I hold said, it against I, the I, abuser. And, and let me just... tell you, I, I said one day I'm going to be the lead story on our show because if I ever saw anyone abuse an animal, oh. I, don't, I, I just don't even want to think what I'm capable of doing to yeah, that human being. I know. <laughs> because I know. I, I, I can't even, if I see someone yell at a dog, I mean, I've gone into stores where I see a dog in a car where it might, you know, the window's open, but it's still oh. too hot. And I'm like, who owns the car? Yes, you know, yes. and I've returned dogs, like one, two dogs that were older, they would constantly run away and they would always come to my house. It's like, they know that my house, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. it is, it's like there's a sign, go here. But I would yell at that owner and I would say, you know, and I, and I, at one point, I was going to call the pound myself because, it, you know, if the pound picks them up, they charge them to pick up their animal because it's a fine. But I thought, right. you know what, this guy is such a, a, a terrible owner and, and so and not a responsible pet owner that God knows what he'll do. Mm-hmm. So I figured I, I knew where he lived, and each time I'd bring him back and I would scold him, and he would, like, roll his eyes, like, mind your own business. But meanwhile, mind your own business. These two dogs right. were not being treated well. Exactly. So I, yeah. I How can you not make that your business? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, you brought up Bow to Wow. It's like, you know, you, Marcy, are such an inspiration, what you do and the message that you give to people and, and your warmth and love and compassion for animals and the incredible work you're doing. You're a saint. And I try in my own small way, um, the beautiful thing with my job is we reach almost 7 million people, but I try now, every time I'm on that show, I have six minutes where I'm reaching 7 million people. And I think, oh, what a blessing. I'm able to take that little time and reach so many people and tell them, look at what you can do for these animals, as opposed to doing another interview with a celebrity to promote their movie, which they already received $20 million for. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the impact is just phenomenal, Jill. I mean, and I'm so excited to hear about the Genesis Award. I mean, because that's like the Oscars of the animal world. So tell us about that. Yeah, that was um, quite an honor. You know, I, I got received a letter, and it, like you said, they call it the Oscars of the Animal World, and uh, they were, you know, selecting me, nominating me uh, for best news reporting, you know, morning show, and I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I mean, I'm talking, you know, people past recipients. You're talking Oprah Winfrey and, you know, I know. King and Katie Couric <laughs> and Brian Williams, you know, and people that have done stories or their shows have featured stories. So I was in, like, the best company in the world, and it's, you know, sponsored by the Humane Society. And uh, they flew, you know, literally they have everyone come to Los Angeles, and, it is right on par with the Golden Globes. It was at the Beverly Hilton. There's a red carpet. It's televised on Animal Planet. 
And um, it was so unbelievable. They give you a beautiful plaque. My producers, you know, were up there with me. And we won for a compilation of um, stories. One was my Bow to Wow series, which I didn't really get into, but that's where every month I go to the Animal Care and Control in Harlem, one of the toughest shelters in the country, and it is a kill shelter because by law, you know, every city has a city-run shelter that must mm-hmm. euthanize. I mean, they euthanize, they, they don't want to. Believe me, I'm not making it out like they're horrible people. It's run by the city, but if an animal's too sick or too aggressive or, you know, in a case where they have too many, that's why we have to get them out. You know, they have these shelters and they must do that, unfortunately. So I go there every month and I pick out four dogs. I'd love to do more, but with our time element, we shoot a tape package first. I go through and I have to select with all those beautiful little faces. They're like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And I pick four and I try to make it varied, you know, older, big, young, cute. I try to have a theme with each one. Next um, month we're going to do recession pets. I did big dogs, I've done old dogs, I've done aggressive dogs, I did cute makeover dogs, and we literally take them to the groomer, we do before and after, and if I tell you, Marcy, not only do we have a 100% success record after 16 months, every single dog has gotten adopted, but we had a situation last week where they were fighting over them, literally fighting, and it was getting kind of nasty, like, that dog should have gone to me, and the irony of that, and I said, right on national television, we had the cutest, we had like a wire hair terrier, we had a shih tzu, we had a, a gorgeous collie mix. I said, do you see what you can get in your local shelters? The message is not just about these four dogs. This is what you can find. People That's need right. to go. They need yes. to go. All your listeners need to go to all their shelters. You can't believe what's waiting in those cages. Yeah, all those little and, angels and give them there waiting. Angels waiting for a home and, you know, and... Nothing that, you know, I'm not trying to bad rap breeders because there's some wonderful, very well-respected breeders. Uh, Don't get me started on pet shops and puppy mills because, you know, never go to a pet store. I can't stress that enough. But, you know, breeders, I think, you know, there are some good breeders, so I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to, to, you know, get on a whole soapbox about that. But all I'm here to tell people is that, if you watch my bow to wow and you see what's in your local shelters, everyone should be going and everyone would. And so that segment has just been so popular. Matt loves it. Meredith loves it. The viewers love it. They wait for it. The dogs are all adopted. My, we had a dog that was 13 years old named Millie, and she was deaf. And she was given up, um, you know, turned over, left at a police precinct, Okay. What were the chances that a 13-year-old deaf dog was going to get adopted, Mark? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking less than 1%. And this little sweet angel was in the cage. So her last days, she should die. She should be euthanized because she's older and deaf and someone mm-hmm. just let her go. Well, we had someone that took her. And do you know they changed her name to Benjamin Button because they said oh. she keeps getting younger? They had her oh, now two me. years. She's going on 15 years old. They changed her to awesome. BB. They call her BB for Benjamin Button. They have four other dogs. She rules the roost. She uh-huh. the deaf doesn't even come into play. She's getting younger. She she is That's turning so into great. younger and younger each day. He said he said he's so concerned that in two years she'll be a puppy. So my point is that with the right home and with love, yes. look yes. at how they get rejuvenated and I, look what you're doing. 
Well, I know, and I have you seen the program in Denver where they actually, it's called, I think it's called Freedom Service Dogs, where they take dogs from shelters and turn them into service dogs. They train them and give them jobs, and it's just so amazing. That's so wonderful, and that's kind of, you know, getting back to the pit bull story, 95% of the dogs that I've seen in these shelters are pit bulls. In, in the Harlem shelter, it's over 50%. If you go through... Most of them are pit bulls, and because of the media attention, and I'm not making light of the stories that have occurred involving pit bulls that have been tragic. Listen, for those people, that is a tragedy. I truly believe that there are no bad dogs, only bad owners. Now, you know, that's my feeling, but listen, you know, all I can tell you is, I, you know, I haven't had those situations, and I totally empathize with people God forbid, that have gone through that. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist, because it does. But for the good ones out there, for the good animals out there, the good pit bulls, and there are thousands and thousands that have a heart of gold. What this one um, shelter person explained to me, he totally agrees that there are no bad dogs, only pet owners, but not to make light of it, he said, here is the difference, Jill. The, there are certain breeds that are considered dominant breeds. Right, The pit right. bull breeds, the Dobermans, the Rottweilers, the uh, Mastiffs. They're dominant breeds. That does right. not mean aggressive. They can become aggressive if they're one of the dominant breeds. German Shepherds are considered a dominant breed. Mm-hmm. But it, they can become aggressive in the wrong hands, is what he was telling me. Right. So if you right. take a dominant breed and you mistreat it, that could happen, is what he was explaining to me. But that doesn't mean that a dominant breed in the right hands, having owned a German Shepherd and a Bulldog, and, you know, in the right hands isn't the most loving mush. My, my American Bulldog, which is Bull, okay, part of the Bull family, he is the biggest coward. He's afraid of his shadow. So, you know, I mean, he's like, ooh, you know, he's like big doofy. And he's afraid of my little Havanese. And, and if you were to look at him, Marcy, people will drive up. People are delivering things, you know, UPS, FedEx. They won't go near the house because of him. And, and yeah. I laugh because they should only know that one piece of chicken, he's up with his legs in the air. He's <laughs> like, hello, how are you? So, I mean, you know, but that, my point is that these dogs are getting euthanized because of their breed. They're being put to sleep. There's no yeah. homes for them. There's their abundance of them in the shelters. We did this story, Pitbulls for the Blind. Now, if that doesn't in itself, just the title, tell you, if you're going to put a pit bull in a blind person's lap and not only trust them, but know that they're therapy dogs, what does that right. tell you about the breed? Exactly. I mean, if Helen Keller owned a pit bull. Cool. Helen Keller, the famous painting and, you know, portrait yeah. of her with her pit bulls. She loved pit bulls. They're very smart. And it's so funny because we took a group of pit bull puppies over to this school for the blind. And when I was playing with them, they were jumping up and, you know, little puppies grabbing my hair and they were rambunctious. The minute they got in these children's and these adults' laps, it, it, they sensed that they had a disability and they mm. melted in their laps. And they became these mellow little mush cushions. And they just were showing these, these children who were blind, were petting them and loving them. And my point is, please don't rule out these dogs. Please yeah. give them a oh. chance because they deserve a home, too. Absolutely. Well, we only have just a couple minutes left, and I want to ask you to just give us a little bit of information about your clothing line. 
I heard oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, I came out with it. You know, I'm not even, I, I don't know if it's online anymore, but I designed a line for Pendleton, the Joe Rappaport collection, which was not only for women, but it had a little line of dog beds and dog coats because I'm obsessed with the West, and they were beautiful Navajo fabrics so that I incorporated, and beautiful beds for dogs, and a proceed, uh, a portion of the proceeds went to the Jack and Jill Fund for Animal Cancer, so that was wonderful. And I have to say, the two books, I, you know, I've done three animal books, People We Know Horses They Love, which was a bestseller with Robert Redford on the cover, and benefited yes. Pegasus Therapeutic Riding for Children, which was wonderful, and then Jack and Jill, which benefited Tales of Hope for, you know, you know dogs, animals with cancer. And then I did a book called 500 Cats which was based on Cat House on the, in the Kings, which is out in California. It's one of the largest rescue shelters. This woman has rescued over 5,000 animals, and it's called Cat House on the Kings. It's unbelievable in central California. And it was just showing this, all of these cats and how they all live together so happily, and then they just wait for their one day when someone will come and adopt them. And it's a very, you know, people hear 500 cats and they think hoarder, and I'm saying, uh-uh, no, no, no. This is about a wonderful shelter that takes in every animal so that people can come and adopt from there. But the Jack and Jill book um, really is the closest to my heart because the message is so important. for. I don't even consider it a children's book, Marcy. It's really for everybody because it is. it's, it's yeah. about survival, giving, yeah. living your life to the fullest. And when life throws you a curveball, you can not only catch it, but you can stay in the game and have the best That's time right. playing. That's right. And I love the photographs. They're so beautiful. My sister, Linda Solomon, she's Gorgeous. a photographer for all my books. Aren't they? Well, she yeah. loved Jack so much. And the one with my on his his paw is that the oh. one you're referring to yes yeah they're, they're i know just, that yeah, breaks they're everybody's all heart and yeah my sister has, is such a beautiful she's an award-winning photographer and she has such sensitivity and the way she captured what about little cj she oh. would take care of jack after all of his treatments and watch over him and sweet pea would guard his food because after chemotherapy he wasn't hungry in the morning and she would yeah. lay by his food to make sure no one would touch it till he was ready to eat and so Buck and, and Petey would play with him. Petey added, uh, I think, another year to his life because he got such a kick out of Petey. I was so worried about bringing him home because he was, you know, a new dog. And I thought, how can I introduce a new dog when Jack is going through this? But do you know what? He loved Petey. And Petey, he got such a kick out of him because he was such <laughs> a big, you know, kind of clunky guy and he made him laugh and Jack would just play, you know, lick his ears and try to jump up on him on one paw and you know what, I was giving Petey a home but it was also giving Jack more life. Yeah. So yeah. people should, you know, they always worry, oh I can't bring another dog into the home but you know what, I'm about to do it again and um, honestly, you really, you know, you'd be amazed. They adjust and they know and it's like as my friend says, you know, in my saying, I have more than a sane person, less than a hoarder. <laughs> Which, you know what? When people say another dog, I say more than a sane person, less than a hoarder. That. And I feel like I- I'm giving them all a wonderful home. And you know what? What can be better than that, Marcy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I am so sorry that we're out of time because I love hearing all your stories, Jill. And and I just love how you're honoring all of your animals and especially Jack. And it's just so wonderful. And thank you so much for all that oh, you've thank done. Thank you, Marcy. And all I that. Feel- 
going to do because I know that there's so much more to come from you. You are a true advocate. And I can't wait to continue watching you for 20 more years on the Today oh, Show. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears. And we know God <laughs> is a dog. God is spelled dog That's backwards, right. right? That's right. That's right. You're, you're so sweet. Well, listen, the same to you, Marcy, because you truly are a pioneer and you truly are just such an inspiration to me. So I feel so honored to be on your show and I cannot thank you enough for this precious time you gave me. Thank you so much, Jill. Whistle and I are sending you a big hug. Oh, if you tell <laughs> Whistle I'm going to give him a big smoocheroo and, um, you know, I, I have to send him that dog bed. I've got to, you know, get him one. He would love it. He'll just, oh, you know, wow. He's fall laying right here? asleep on that. Yes, and, yes and, he would love that. <laughs> yes, or maybe the coat. We're going to have to see. Send me a picture of Whistle and I'm going to have to determine what he'd look more dapper in. But, uh, yes, and I cannot thank you enough. And, you know, if everybody can just do a little, a little That's part, right. you know, open their hearts to a rescue or you know, consider a pit bull. I'm trying on so many levels to just make people understand the importance of, of these animals. And for cats, for horses, every animal yes, needs a home. Every animal. You know, yep. and we need to be their voices. Well, you're doing it. And thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Marcy. It was great to talk with you. You too, Jill. Take good care. Okay, honey. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for being with us today and for visiting with Whistle and I and Jill Rappaport. She's just such an amazing person and doing so much for animals. And we just thank you for being with us. And we'd love for you to share any of your thoughts. If you have any questions or any ideas that you'd like to share with us or comments on this show or any of our shows, please email me at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. So thanks so much to all of our sponsors and our producers for enabling us to bring you Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thanks so much. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.